let's put it this way. If you're building a product or running a business, you can't force the, the spread of word, right? There's, no, there's nothing you can do. So the key, the, the core, is to build a product that, that generates that type of enthusiasm. Then obviously you can do a lot to incentivize it and make it very easy for your fans to do that for you. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Hey everyone, just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text quick tips to 33444. That's the word quick Q-U-I-C-K and tips, T-I-P-S is in sugar to 33444 and you get instant access. All right, everyone. Today we have David Darmanin, who is the CEO of Hotjar, which allows you to see how visitors are really using your website, collect user feedback, and turn more customers, or sorry, turn more visitors into customers. David, how are you doing today? All good, thanks. And thanks for having me on the call today. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you tell us a little more about yourself and how you kind of, you know, how everything led up to Hotjar? Yeah, it's been it's been quite a long journey. So everything started when I was studying at a uni at university, and I I always had a passion for visual stuff, creating visual stuff. Um, so back in the days, it was pretty much creating flyers, graphical stuff, and that quickly evolved into into web design. And from then onwards, I just always had this passion um, to to kind of understand what makes a good design. Good. And what's a bad design, right? How do we distinguish? It's not awards. It's not uh, if the client is happy or not. It's it's more than that. So this passion of mine took me down the route of um, attending loads of events, using any tool I could get my hands on. And eventually I became a consultant working with huge clients and using these tools that were available. And I wasn't particularly happy with with how they worked and how they were priced and how they were put together. So I basically reached out to the people I, I had worked with and, and whom I enjoy working with the most, really, really clever, impressive people. And we got together and we decided to, to basically change the way um, this industry works, which is the industry of how you understand how, how a site is being used and, and what your users think about it. So that's the story of how Jar came around. Got it. And you know, I gave you, I gave the audience a, a little, you know, a little snippet about what Hotjar does. But it's always good to hear from you. You know, what what is the company itself? So, so yeah, I'd I'd say the best comparison is to think it's always easier to explain something when you compare it to something else, right? So, while Google Analytics, for example, shows you where your visitors are going in your site, Hotjar will actually show you what they're doing. Uh, and what they think. Um, so on what they're doing side, we show uh, like heat maps, so aggregate 
visualizations of where they're clicking, where they're moving their mouse, if it's on a mobile, where they're tapping, how much they're scrolling. You can even replay a whole session. It's what we call recordings. You replay the HTML sequence. Then you can see funnels or, or form analytics. So you can quickly see how your site's being used. And then we've connected this with another area, which is feedback. So you can even ask questions uh, do surveys or recruit people to join you on a user test. So it's the way we describe it, it's all in one analytics and feedback. So these two areas kind of joining together to give you all those insights on how to grow your site. Got it. You know, I'm, I'm a customer of Hotjar. So, you know, my, my comparison is, you know, it is a few tools built into one. So those of you that have heard of, you know, Crazy Egg for heat mapping and then there's Survey Monkey out there and then you have the recordings and all that. There's just so many different things built into one and it's just easy it's easier to log into just you know one web app and then have everything in there for you. So that's why I use it. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the number of customers and where revenues are at today? So so yeah, so I'd say in terms of usability, like Hotjar is a free tool. So even though we we do have customers on on higher tiered plans. We are our vision, like we, we, we really want to change the way the web is kind of built and improved, right? So one big metric for us, which is really important, is is how many people are actually on board uh, and using the tool. So we've we've now reached kind of quite a, a big milestone, which is eighty thousand subscribed users, um, and and out of that, I'd say I think we have something in the region of six thousand. Or, or actually more than that, around 6,000 paid organizations. So, and, and this number is growing quite quickly. It's, it's not something that we optimize against. So we're not, obviously it's important to have customers because they're financing, right, <laughs> our vision. But um, we're really, really interested in, in making sure our users um, get the most value possible out of Hotjar because we believe that is actually the best way for us to grow. In terms of revenue, we, we were lucky that after a seven-month beta program, within, I'd say, four to six weeks, we, we were already covering all our operational costs. Um, and within six months, we hit um, one million in, in, in ARR, in annual run rate. Um, within six months, we hit that milestone already. In fact, we're going to be blogging about these big milestones quite soon as well. Awesome. Now, now, so I guess, how did you, if we can go to a little more detail, you know, how did you get there so quickly, you know, the, the million in ARR in six months? That's a good question. <laughs> I'd say having failed in two other projects before and been through the experience of spending too much time building rather than selling or spending too much time, uh, yeah, focusing on the solution. With Hotjar, we, we kind of, we're all entrepreneurs that worked on other projects that maybe had varying levels of success. So with Hotjar, we said, let's t kind of, we're all, we're, all, we're all ideal users and customers of Hotjar, the, the five co-founders. So we said, this time around, let's literally build it for our, let's kind of solve the ultimate solution for ourselves. And there's a big market for it so the, the, kind of we made sure to qualify those two things so we we kind of have domain expertise and we know where to find a lot of people who have this problem so i'd say the real core of why we managed to succeed is that we are solving a problem many people have and we know how to quickly solve it 
Um, so that, that, that has been a big advantage for us. But I'd say the key kind of uh, reason for success has been the fact that we approached it in a very, very lean way. So as of day one, we, we've been shipping code pretty much every day if not to say like hourly. <laughs> so it's, um, we've put a lot of effort into making sure it's a lean organization. And we kicked off with a seven-month beta program, which meant it was very easy for us to grow, spread the words, get people using it, give us feedback, make sure we build a kick-ass product that, that people will spread. And then once we ended the beta, I think it, it, we, had, we were lucky enough to have so many users that were willing to pay to continue using it. Okay. Now, what's an example of you spreading the word? So, we, we can't, let's put it this way. If you're building a product or running a business, you can't force the, the spread of word, right? There's, no, there's nothing you can do. So, the key, the, the core, is to build a product that, that generates that type of enthusiasm. Then, obviously, you can do a lot to incentivize it and make it very easy for your fans to do that for you. So when we were doing the beta, and this was obviously before a product was built, so it's more based on the idea, we kind of gamified the idea of getting access to Hotjar by having a queue system. And the more you share, the higher you go up, the earlier you get access. So we, we put a lot of thought into this kind of, and, and the key here is that we don't do it in a way like we were saying, we're trying to rip you off and make you like work for us, but we literally explain the reasoning behind it. So we are disrupting an industry where most companies are invest like charge high prices and invest it into sales teams. Like if you want to make this happen, helping us spread the word is obviously the fastest way for you to make this possible for yourselves as well. Like have a solution which is um, free and extremely affordable on on higher tiered plans. So. Giving a reason is important. And then, as we said before, making it easy. Now, we also have just created a, a friend referral program. So every month in Hotjar, we have like a leaderboard. And anyone who spreads the word um, can win various gear. So if you refer five friends, you get a Hotjar t-shirt. If you uh, land in the top five positions in a month, you get like our cool Hotjar hoodies. And the top position gets a, a lifetime account of Hotjar Pro. Got it. Okay. Now, I I'm just wondering if I, you know, take it one step back and I try to dive a little more specifically, you know, let's just think about the first thousand customers. I know you talked about getting the word out, you know, is there, is there any specific, you know, you went to specific blogs? Did you, was it a paid advertising strategy? What is it exactly on the acquisition side that you guys did? That's a great question. So it's a mix. So, and, and in fact, the best success always comes from a mix. So we put a lot of effort in speaking to sites that do that cover beta programs. We were lucky to get uh, really good coverage twice on Product Hunt. Um, then we we also had a lot of bloggers talking about Hotjar. But then we kind of wanted to add fuel to the fire with some paid stuff. So we did some Facebook targeting our our, our kind of most typical users, just spreading the word, announcing the fact that. Hotjar was in town. Um, and yeah, and I believe we also did some email as well. So sending out emails to communities, again, just announcing it. So although it's kind of paid, it's always positioned in a way that it's not advertising, it's just facilitating and accelerating uh, kind of uh, the spreading of the news. Got it. Okay. Now, 
can you, uh, look, I'm just thinking about, you know, when I used crazy egg in the past and, you know, tools like that, like heat mapping tools, you know, once I get the heat map, I don't really need to come back, you know, for a few months. So I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Um, so I can just cancel it and I can come back whenever I want. Now, do you find that, you know, to be the case with hot jar where people can just kind of get what they want, cancel and then come back later? Oh, yes. In fact, we've, we've really focused about building a product where you can upgrade, downgrade whenever you want. There's no yearly kind of requirements. There's, there's, it's really up to you how you want to use the tool. In fact, we allow you to flip between different levels as you wish. We think this, this flexibility is important. And if, if, if we want to have long-term relationships with our users and customers, we think it's important to give that flexibility. Obviously, from a business point of view, there, there are gains. It's important for us to, to, to keep, uh, let's say, our customers as long as possible because that makes it easier for us to spread the word and fulfill our vision for Hotjar. So what we're doing is we have some really, really interesting updates coming in the pipeline where um, we, we've been collecting a lot of feedback from our users and we, we know where the big pain points are for them and, and some new functionality we're going to be rolling out, which adds value, which is kind of used more on a daily basis. So think on the lines of event tracking or continuous inbound feedback as opposed to just asking a question. So these are the things we, we have in, in, in kind of queued up for the future. Got it. Okay. I, I love that because you're not forcing people anything, but you guys are building in new features to increase retention over time, right? Agreed. Got it. Okay. Now, I, I want to switch gears a little bit here. Um, can you tell us about one big struggle you faced while growing the business? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about which one to choose. <laughs> um. I think one of the biggest challenges is definitely people. Um, it's very, very easy and tempting, especially when you're building something that's gaining momentum and, and visibility, to just like quickly employ or bring on board people who reach out to you because it looks like a really good opportunity. But it's so important to focus, define a long-term vision and a roadmap, and then plot out who are the key people that you need on that journey? And then to really define the roles uh, and, and the responsibilities clearly and, and what you're looking for and how you're going to score the people that you find so you avoid getting carried away and just kind of going with the first, op like the first choice that comes along. And if you don't find the right person, then you wait until you find that person. And, and that's kind of the biggest challenge, right? Because finding people can be very difficult, especially when you're early on, you're a small startup and to convince people to come on board and, um, and kind of believe that the startup will be around. So it's the, I think it's part of the eternal hustle of the early startup. Um, so I think the key there is, it's a really tight kind of balance, right? To carry out is in, a lot of people will say, go get your friends, which can be good if you know people you've worked with in the past. Definitely those are go-to people, but only if they fit within that role definition that you've set, right? They have to meet the requirements you have. Don't take shortcuts or look for silver bullets because they don't exist, and it can end up being much more painful later on. So, so yeah, just as you build demand for your product and your brand, you also need to be thinking about how you're going to build demand so that the right people will be attracted to, to working for you. 
All right. And, and, you know, what were some sources you go to to find great people? That's a fantastic question. Hotjar is a remote business. So what we found out very early on is that it can be very tricky to try and bring on someone on board who doesn't have remote experience, although it's possible. So what we've done is we're actually advertising a lot on sites uh, like we work remotely, remote boards, Stack Overflow and whatnot. Um, but then we also leverage our, our, our user base, right? We talked about 80,000 users. So whenever we have new roles or, or at any opportunity we have, we remind them about what, what skill sets we're looking for. And we ask them that if they know anyone who think is relevant to spread the word or, or refer them to us. Got it. Okay. I think that makes sense. And I think it's really practical advice. Um, so you said uh, there's WeWork Remote, there's Remotely. There's, what, what other boards are there? So there's we work remotely. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know them all off offhand because, um, no to be honest, someone else is in charge of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's quite easy to find these sites. Like if if you do a search for remote working, the key is to find job boards. So with some research, you can easily identify them, and some of them are free as well. Got it. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about your 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 remote working environment. I mean, how do you kind of you know facilitate the culture and you know get that face to face interaction? Do you guys do any meetups, things like that? I just want to hear a little more about the process. Yeah, we well, we started off as I said, five co-founders. Now we're nine people, and we're probably going to be employing someone just right now. And we have like another seven, eight roles we're working on, so we're growing quite fast. So, so far we've had one meetup. Um, the plan is to meet up one to two times a year here in Malta, and, uh, which is an island in the Mediterranean, and we focus more around fun. So since we, our headquarters are in such an awesome location, uh, on our last meetup we did everything from abseiling to uh, kayaking to volleyball on the beach, barbecues, make the most out of it, right? So we work hard during the year, and then when we meet up, we focus much more on team building, socializing, brainstorming. We, we, we find that to be kind of a great way to spend our time together. Yeah. Um, but the key around culture is to have the right tools in place to leverage very transparent uh, communication. So it doesn't need to be overcomplicated, but you need a very good structure, right? So, um, you know... Like everyone knows when to expect the other person to be around, which tools you're using. We have like a team manual where we cover the, like the typical of, uh, meetings we have, which tools we use. So everything needs, you need to focus a lot around documentation and process because when you're not there personally to kind of enforce or, or enable people to do things, like processes become even much, much more important. Having said that, the key we found is to have everything built around a, a very predictable and structured weekly rhythm. So not monthly. Everything is on a week basis. So Monday is planning. Every day we do our quick kind of scrum calls, we call them. And then end of the week, we do a company demo where everyone presents what's been done. So, and we find that this cycle is great. And then we have mon- monthly company meetings. We have also weekly brainstorm meetings on Wednesdays. So there's this cycle where everyone knows what to expect. It's very predictable. Awesome. Great. Uh, I think the, well, I want to come back to some, some more tactical stuff. So what would you say is the most indispensable you know, remote working tool for you guys? 
Mm, that's a good question. The most indispensable. So it's a combination of two tools that we use together. So definitely um, we use HipChat and Hangouts. So the fact that we can, we use different channels on HipChat and Slack would be a, a great like alternative. So both tools, I think, do a great job at allowing you to create channels um, to quickly communicate in a very efficient way. And then from there, we can launch calls into Hangouts. As, as a company, we, we run the whole company on Google Apps. Um, so Hangouts come part of that. So um, we use Hangouts and, and the connection with Calendar to be able to quickly jump onto calls, discuss, and then jump back into chat mode. Got it. Okay. I think that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, for you know, when you guys have like a when you guys have your hip chat for the different types of channels, I mean, you know, is there one for support? Can you give us a breakdown of what the channels look like? Okay, so let's have a look. So here are the channels we have. So obviously, there's the team channel. That's where we like talk on a very high level. We've got an operations channel where we talk about like that's stuff related to admin and whatnot. Then we have a channel which we love, which is called Wow Moments. So we, we like to promote internally. It's one of our cultural values. Like, Sorry, one of the values of our culture, which is um, try to create wow at every, at every point whenever possible because that's key for, one, our growth, and two, to align our work against creating value for our, for our users, right? So in this channel... Anyone who creates WOW, either whether it's chat with a user or an email they receive, they can copy-paste it in there. Um, then we obviously have a dev channel. We have a channel on purpose for customer success, which is support, uh, for marketing, discussions for interviews. So there's a lot of different channels depending on, on, on what's going on at the time of the day. Great. I, I really like the concept of <laughs> WOW moments, and I'm going to steal that for my Slack channel, so thank you. Um, sure. <laughs> no, I, I think it's motivational because a lot of people tend to forget about, you know, <clears throat> kind of celebrating the wins and, you know, promoting people um, because we, we're so we're so head down on work all the time. So I think that's great. Yeah. In fact, another channel that just came to mind, sorry to interrupt sure. you, is we called it Goodreads. And to be honest, we haven't been using it that much. We need to get that back in action. But the idea is that anyone who reads anything interesting kind of can post it into that channel. So we're sharing it with the team. I like that. I'm going to steal that one too. Those are two. Sure. Ones. All yours. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. Um, so switching gears again, what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25 year old self? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'd say definitely <clears throat> focus much more on the user than on the business. So, Kind of at 25, I was already starting to get involved in, in growing and building businesses. <clears throat> and I wish back then I knew what I know now, which is if you center uh, your strategy around value for the user and what the user feels and thinks and their needs and what problem they have, then you're going to be much more successful at a much faster rate. Got it. I think that's great advice. Okay. How do you structure your day? What does your ideal day look like? So, and this means on a personal level, right? As a CEO. Yes. So my ideal day would be waking up very early, a little bit of the personal side, because I wake up with my young kids, so we play a little bit together. <laughs> and then because I wake up early, I manage to get a lot of work done 
which requires kind of silent time. And this is typically content. I'm not doing a lot of this, but that's kind of super critical for Hotjar. So writing that content, um, which helps us spread the word. So that's, that's really important. At the moment, I spend a lot of time building the team. So in the mornings, I also tend to do a lot of work content which is related to that as well. So defining roles, looking at the organization, uh, looking at what processes need to be fixed. So this is kind of my quiet time. As we enter later into the day, I typically spend like, I, I have allocated quite a lot of slots to calls with the team or calls with clients, customers and demos. So that, that's stuff we need to do. Early afternoon, we do um, basically um, what's called kind of uh, our scrums, what we talked about before, right? Our, our quick catch-ups. So it's 15 minutes spent with the teams to understand what's going on. And then the afternoons are dedicated. They, they change every day. So every day I have a different theme that I focus on. So one day it might be uh, growth. The next day it might be culture. So I have like a timetable that I follow. Um, and then in terms of email, I try and minimize as much as possible my like how much I, I spend time with email so I try and do that first thing early in the morning just to get some of that out of the way and then most of it in the evening reason being is that it's so easy for emails to hijack my day so the worst day the opposite of this would be to see a big problem in an email in the morning and it pretty much takes over the day mm. makes sense yeah I, I think <clears throat> you know a lot of us get into the habit of, you know, whipping out our phone with the first thing we do when we wake up, looking at email, and it becomes, uh, my friend likes to call it OPCL, other people's checklist. And it's, <laughs> I think exactly. it's really important to, to batch out your emails for sure. Um, okay, so what's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Okay, that's a good question. To everyone, if everyone means entrepreneurs, um especially digital entrepreneurs. Okay, let me let me qualify it into two buckets, right? Am I allowed to do that and have two books? Because it's a you, difficult one. I'll say this. You can you can do two books for sure, but I'll say this. It's it doesn't have to be entrepreneurs. It's two books that have really impacted your life the most. Oh, now you just made it even more difficult. <laughs> um impacted my life. Wow. Yeah. Given because of my background and who I am, I'll I'll tie it much more around kind of what I've discovered and because I think there are many other people who are more qualified to give ideas of books which are kind of in a, a more holistic approach but I'd say I, I love business I love growing business I love building businesses so I'd say one book which which is fantastic in today's age is um, Selling the Invisible um, I think that's a great uh, book. It's a great read. And then on a personal level, like formation-wise, um, I'd say definitely the personal MBA. That's that's a fantastic book. Good book. Because that, that looks at all that. So it gives you kind of a, an, an outlook of what is like what it, does it really mean to build a business? What are you really achieving? And then how does that translate itself into marketing, sales, finance, but then also looking at what's the point of doing all this and how to keep yourself healthy, balanced, looking at fitness. And I think it's a fantastic book. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I think, you know, the my my opinion here is, you know, if you just read the personal MBA and you just go out and get the real world experience, you know, you're gonna have 
well, you know, what an MBA is on paper. So uh, I'm definitely going to put the other book. Uh, you said it was Invisible Selling. Was that what it was? Selling the Invisible. Selling the Invisible. So we'll put both of those in the show notes for sure. And I'm going to pick that one up right after this. Um, but Brilliant. David, this has been great. What's the, what's the best way for people to find you online? So I'm not I'm not huge on Twitter, but I do have a handle, <laughs> David Darmanin. I'm trying to work more on that. But I'd say you can find me blogging on outside.hotjar.com, uh, we, where we have our blog. We've got, I'm going to be writing a lot about our journey over the last few months and, and what we've done. So you'll definitely find me there, and I'll be posting them on Twitter. Um, but yeah, in, in general, I think you'll also, like a great way to find like value from my journey. I've written like a nine step action plan of how to grow your business. It, it collects a lot of the stuff we talked about today in there. Um, and all you need to do to find that is just Google Hotjar action plan. It's, it's something I'm quite proud about. So I think you'll get to know me a lot by reading that. <laughs> awesome. We'll drop that in the show notes as well. But I, I want to actually, I lied. I actually want to talk about your, your content process really quick. So, I mean, when you're writing, you know, how often do you write and, you know, how much are you writing? Are you writing a specific to a specific word count? Like, how does that look? Yeah, I never look at that. So I focus on what is the story journey or lesson I want to pass on to my readers. And then what's the best way of um, kind of building that out, right? So how, how should I tell this story? Um, so recently I wrote a piece which is, how we communicate with our 18,000 users back then. And, and it all pivots around like the tools, processes we use and, and, and the ethos we have, which is we consider our users to be gods. It's an interesting read. So I think I, I'm a big believer in in-depth in writing and, and uh, reading. So I think it's good to go a little bit into a subject to make it interesting and, and, and deliver value. So I tend to do that quite a lot. So it's always on the longer side. But I always start by thinking, what's the outcome I'd like to have um, when, when someone actually reads this? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think the, the more in-depth stuff, I mean, first of all, you're going to get more search traffic from it. And then the, the people that are really reading through it, those are the people that you really want to be getting to at the end of the day. So I think that's a great process. But uh, David, this has been great. I think everyone needs to check out Hotjar. If you have any type of website online, you know, again, there's a free version, so it doesn't make sense for you not to check it out. Um, David, thanks so much for your time again. Thanks for having me again. Have a great day. Hey everyone, just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month, and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text quick tips to 33444. That's the word quick Q-U-I-C-K and tips, T-I-P-S is in sugar, to 33444, and you get instant access. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.